welcome to the Spooky Succubus cast for another bi-week. That means we do we. it every other week. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, no, we've been pretty good about it. We're doing good. Uh, we're doing better. But yeah, we're an anti-racist, anti-capitalist, Marxist, <sighs> intersectional feminist. I always forget her tagline. Intersectional feminist <laughs> movie about movie about horror podcast. Podcast about horror movies. And I'm your host, Abby. And I'm also here. And I'm Rebecca. And we're here to do whatever we're doing. Um, so how was your day, Rebecca? Good. I mean, terrible, but good. I don't know. Everything's terrible, but I'm fine. The usual. Yeah. I'm drinking tequila, so. I have a White Claw TM in mango flavor, so this is probably not going to be a drunk episode, although last night we went to see Comedy Bang Bang live. It was really fun. Um, It was at the Chevalier in Medford, which is like a nice nice little theater because they do like popcorn and it sort of has that like brattle feel. Um, But we went to Bronwyn beforehand and I had one beer and then at um, the Chevalier, I got like one of the big Trulies, like, you know, the I think it's like. 24 ounces or something so I could just like drink one thing the whole show because I'm lazy mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was kind of like buzzed at the end of the show bopping around <laughs> yeah and then at like 3 a.m. I woke up and I was like I need ibuprofen from two <laughs> drinks I'm like I'm reaching a phase where I'm becoming like a raisin I'm so dehydrated all the time I know I mean I, yeah, I just don't think I can drink like I used to. And then, yeah, there are phases of my life where I've had more and less. And I think I'm surprisingly in the less right now. But you're yeah. in a down, down phase. Yeah. Downturn. Yeah. Last night I had one of these ranch water tequilas and uh, high noon. And I was like, hey, good night. I'm going to go to sleep <laughs> now. I got to go. <laughs> Whenever I stay at your house, I go to bed. Like, I always go to bed the earliest. <laughs> And that'll be like you, 1 a.m. And I'm like, I got to go. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was it was one in the morning, but I stay up until five. So it was like, I love that you're sometimes finishing work when I'm starting it. It's like a real head fuck, you know? Oh, yeah. The other day I texted you at like six. I was like, what are you like, doing? <laughs> I haven't been to bed yet. Yeah, we so. are in the Matrix. Yeah. So today we're talking about the 2010 Lee Wanell uh, James Wan joint Insidious. Um, despite this being like a movie that I do really enjoy and I will go back to time and time again, um, I just don't like this duo. I don't like these men. Um, their first appearance on the cast is on one of the bonus feed episodes, Dead Silence, about uh, the <laughs> ventriloquist dummy that goes on a killing spree. Um, this is a step up from that uh and it was also produced by big name and horror jason bloom and orin pelly from paranormal activity fame and as i was reading all these credits i was like it's too many men too many men's um they really needed a lady in that writer's room i like this movie i like a lot of James Wan. I like Saw. I, you know. I actually 
do like Insidious 2. I think it's like... Oh, my God. Okay, so I watched it. <laughs> you did? After I watched... Because I, you know, I, I watched it twice. So I watched Insidious 1 and 2 back to back and didn't take notes. But Insidious 2 is doofy as fuck. Like... <laughs> The, the, the whole time I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Like, I just don't. It just and doesn't the, make like, any sense. The kids' toy is so annoying. But in the one thing in Insidious Two that genuinely was really scary is when Carl and I think Josh are in the further, and the like naked guy oh, is pointing. pointing. Guy? Yeah, yeah. That, that's like pretty. That was pretty. He's spooky. got your baby. He's got your baby. Yeah, that whole. And thing. I was like, I was like, wait, what baby? I don't think that ever really. <laughs> Who's got, got a baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, then, so then in the, I mean, we'll do Insidious 2 at some point, but it, at that point, they're, like, rewriting the first one. It's like, oh, the person who is trying to get into the house in, in, in this one was Josh the whole time, and oh, he was rescuing the baby. I was like, what about the lipstick face demon, guys? <laughs> I was just, and then, uh, we'll get into it. But what about Elise Darth like, Maul? Darth Maul. That's what, like... I hate the fact that I know anything about Star Wars. I wish I didn't. Um, but it's like cultural osmosis. Why do I know the name Darth Maul and nobody looks Why like do I know I've face? never seen it before? Yeah. Why do I know Wait, that this dude looks just like that? Didn't he came up in the people that like like Star Wars are screaming? But he came up in the like <laughs> the two thousands like reiteration, it was like right? The prequels that were bad, right? That's where know. they came in. I remember like, those commercials. I think this is part of it, too, because it was, like, a huge marketable thing. And they were trying to get all the kids to buy toys. And I was a kid. Yeah. And it used to always come up on Nickelodeon. And it had, like, the the two-ended yeah. lightsaber that, like, comes out at both ends. And I remember the commercial. They're, like, in a – he's, like, in a desert holding it. And it was – yeah. Yes. That. that actually sounds very familiar. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, the original ones – and then there was, like, when we were in elementary school, middle school, there was, like, another round of remakes that ha- that was, like, the Natalie Portman era. And then uh-huh. things started again, like, a few years ago. And that's... Here I'm we not are gonna, again. I'm not going to say that's where I lost the plot. I lost the plot far before then, but I was just, like... All there, I know is Oscar is Isaac is involved. Content? Uh, is there more? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oscar Isaac... Um, I, Babe, I'm thirsty for Oscar. Babe, Isaac, extraordinary, yeah. yeah. Um, Although, like, I, I can't. I don't think I've actually seen that many movies with him. I've seen Inside Lou and Davis, which was. Like, I was gonna say fine. <laughs> uh, maybe we saw it together. I don't know. Yeah, I, or then there's like Ex Machina, where he's like has like a little beer belly, and I really into it. I like, do beer belly, beard, like, shaved head. A twenty four movies, so maybe I'll sit down in front of that yeah. while I'm doing some kind of wedding craft and going slowly insane. Nice. It's not that uh, slow anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's neither here nor there, I guess. So. Um, this isn't a Star Wars podcast. This is not a Star War. Although I think this isn't one of the Star Wars, Star Wars World War II edition. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Are there, I don't understand why that's the name of the franchise, but I'm not, I don't care. So. There's too many things. Is it about wars? Is it really about wars? I don't know. I actually, like, frankly don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> like, why is it a Star, <laughs> why is it Star Wars? Like, is it like a saga of wars? Oh, yeah. Happens? Or is it one long protracted single war? Then why is it plural? Tell me. Star War. 
the Star War. Um, oh, so for those who want to watch before they listen or whatever, um, this is streaming on Hulu and Netflix, and it's also free on Tubi, which, like, Tubi is my jam. I'm telling you. It's great. Everything's on there. I'm going to be sad when it goes payment, but for now, we're good. Okay, let's get into it. Should we? I guess. Okay, Okay, so James Wan and Lee Wan L, they're like, hey, you're, you've got a penis, I've got a penis, let's make another movie. I also think I texted you this, but I did not, I've seen this movie 10,000 times. Like, I've, it's like a comfort horror movie, I just like put it on when I'm doing other things. Didn't know Lee Wan L was specs until this movie. Really? Yeah, no idea. He usually makes Over my head. in the movies. He just um, like, just looks like a guy. He looks like a white guy, yeah. I do like... This movie much more than I like The Conjuring, and I don't like The Conjuring really at all. The only thing I like like is too much Christianity pushed in my face, and then now it feels like a Christian Network movie. It's like, please. It also just like I don't. I feel like all of the Juan Winnell movies just end in like a man gaslighting a woman who's having, like, a horrible experience, you know? Yeah. I do love Patrick Wilson, though. He's such uh, a dick. He's such a dick in this movie. He's such a dick. Uh, he, I mean, I've said this before, but he's so plain looking. He looks like, just like your idea of a guy's face, but that's like, it's so plain that it comes out the other end. That it's, it's like hot. 75% done face. Yeah. <laughs> His mouth, okay, I know we've talked about wet mouths before. He always has too much saliva in his mouth. I never noticed that. I I thought, honestly, to the point, I was like, is it intentional? Because they're trying to show flashes of him as, like, a scary specter kind of, like, you know, or is it, like, foreshadowing that they're getting these shots where his mouth just looks, like, dark and wet? It's, like, so nasty. I can't believe you didn't notice. I did not notice notice that at all. (laughs) Dark and wet? Google Patrick Wilson (laughs) dark wet mouth. (laughs) I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so we open on a light fixture. I don't, this whole, like, I was like, are you trying to show off your cinematography skills? It's not I didn't dislike it. It's upside down. I don't know. Who cares? I was Um, fine with it. (laughs) A little boy is sleeping and a few rooms over. The way everyone sleeps in this movie is like, Pin straight. I know. Like, nobody <laughs> sleeps like that. No one's yeah. drooling. Also, in, yeah. the, yeah, in the opening sequence, the kid is almost sitting up. He's, like... On his <laughs> pillows, like, yeah. arms straight beside him. And no kid sleeps like that, but whatever. Um, there's an ominous shadow in the kitchen window and a bride in black holding a candle. The violins are screeching. I think that, honestly... They're so loud. They do some heavy lifting and making this, like, a little bit more of an unsettling movie, though. I think, like, a lot of modern horror movies... Horror movies in general, like, really lean on the score because a lot of fear is really subconscious. So, like, subconsciously, you know, like, even Jaws and... It's like an audio jump scare. Yeah. That's true. Um... Yeah, and apparently a lot of this was just sort of, like, ad-libbed as the editing was coming together, so the score was sort of, like, an after, not an afterthought, but, like, was made to kind of, like, accompany the final edited version. I don't really know mm-hmm. how scores work, but I guess that's unusual. 
Me neither. Maybe, uh, yeah, I guess you, like, need to know where the music cues go to know. I don't. I don't make movies. Who knows? Uh, and despite having this podcast, I know very little about movies. Should we uh, learn more, you think? Well, I don't know. I don't have a lot of time for that. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, like, approaching max capacity, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll read I a book. I don't know. You read a lot of books. I was in the library yesterday, and I was like, wow, there's a, there's so much, so many books happening, yeah. and I don't, yeah, there's just so As much As you know, I got into a sticky situation where, like, 15 of my holds came through at once. I'm still digging out. There's, like, 10 on the chair over there, because more have come in since then, but I only didn't, I only DNF'd one of them, which was, uh, I started reading, it's called... Vladimir by Julia May Jones and I don't know if someone read this book and liked it I would love to know but (laughs) it's basically like this middle-aged woman who is a professor at like a small liberal arts college whose husband is like the chair of the department and is accused of sexual misconduct for sleeping with students but she's like whatever I don't care he's innocent (laughs) and then she starts like this obsessive love affair with a visiting lecturer um so I think I got like 30 pages in and it was just stream of consciousness like first person inside like a 50 year old white feminist professor's head and I was like I don't do this a lot but I'm DNFing like I can't deal with this I don't want this was it just like boring and it was just like trying I think it was trying to be like self-aware and it was trying to put like a satirical eye towards you know, that kind of, like, academic culture. But it was, like, too on the nose. And I was like, I don't think it really is satirical. Like, it feels like this is, like, very self-serious. And I just was like, this is not working for me. So I DNF'd Mm. it. And I don't feel bad about it. I, yeah, never feel bad about not finishing a book. You're not, I, I love not finishing things. I know it drives you crazy, but it does. I actually talked to my therapist about how, like, I had to like this. I'm mentally ill, so I had to be like, "You're not personally failing by not reading a book that you don't like. You can just return it to the library. Like, you didn't fail. You're not a worse person. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Like, if I'm not into something, nah. Yeah, I'll stop a movie 15 minutes in, halfway through. Even sometimes if I'm like half into it i'm like i'll do and i get up to go to the bathroom I'm like do i really want yeah to sometimes to i'll pause the no. movie to do something else and i'll be like you know what i think it's time we parted ways you did what you could for me if my mind is wandering after one chapter i'm like i don't really feel the need to finish this book i don't know whatever yeah but i love failure it's where i feel most comfortable <laughs> that's why uh, we keep doing this podcast <laughs> Right. Uh, okay, so there's a very long opening credit scene. So long. Too long. Way too long. I, maybe I'm just not used to opening credit scenes anymore, but um, there's um, I on. zoned out during it. The thing about this movie is I'm sure because it's so, like, intentionally shot, I'm sure there's a ton of, like, Easter eggs in it, but I'm just too lazy to pay close enough attention, you know? I'm just like, nothing's, yeah, I don't know. Nothing's happening. For People are breathing. I don't know. It's a house, it's moving boxes, shadows, moving chairs. Uh, Rose Brine, Bryn, I don't know how to say her name. Uh, I thought it was Burn. Burn, who knows. Uh, Renee, sorry, Rose, 
uh, is woken up by Patrick Wilson, who's playing Josh, and he's snoring really loudly. And they're like, you know how we should spell Renee? R-E-N-A-I, because she's not like other girls. Why? I don't, yeah, she's a, she's a white lady. I don't know. Uh, she goes downstairs to unpack boxes. She is soon distracted by a photo album and sits down to go through it. Very relatable. This is what happens every time I start cleaning. I'll get distracted by something. I think it's raining outside. It's raining here, too. Oh, my gosh. It's just started raining. In Arizona, it'll rain and the sun is still shining, which is, I like it. I enjoy it. Um, one of her sons, Dalton, the oldest son, comes down. He can't sleep. He doesn't like his room. They look through the pictures together, um, and there are no pictures of Josh when he was a kid um, because he's terrible at keeping track of things, allegedly. Because TBD. Dun, dun, dun. Later that morning, it's chaos in the kitchen for breakfast. Renee is trying to talk to an agent. Agent! To an agent! Agent! So pissed off. Um, And gets things unpacked. Josh waltzes in nonchalantly after brushing his teeth like he's got no care in the world. Um, In the living room, the books that Renee had just placed on the shelf are mysteriously on the floor. Okay, also the book being on the outside, being self-healing through music, and they, like, zoom in on it. I'm like, I get it. She's traumatized. She's struggling. um, Because she's got a bad husband. Uh, So... Josh can't pick up the boys, or take the boys to school, or pick them up, and has not told Renee this until now. Fucked up. What do you think's gonna happen? I've been watching, like, TikToks about um, weaponized incompetence, and it just makes me so I see them, too. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Of these women, like, married to these men, so convinced that it's, like, just their job to take care of the children. I saw one today that was, like... This guy sh- was shaving, and then the, his wife went in, and she was like, where do you think that the hair from you shaving goes after you're done? And he goes, it just disappears after a few hours. And then she said, how do you think it disappears? And he said, never really thought it through. <gasps> I know. Oh, my God. It's so bananas. That's crazy. I'm like... My house isn't very clean. I'm not a very clean person. And neither is Caesar. So I think both of us are, like, equally annoyed with the other one's messiness all the time. But it's not something that we don't vocalize. It's like, I keep hair in the shower. He leaves beard hairs on the sink. I eventually make, like, little, you know, bird's nests with the hair and put it in the toilet or in the... Eventually. Yeah, yeah, eventually. It'll happen at some point. But I don't know. I just, like, yeah, and, like, taking care of the kids and, like, one woman, I just saw one that she was, like, came, like, she has, like, a 10-month-old, so, like, on the toddler age. Oh, and, like, and she was put like him in his crib. Yeah, I saw that and one, went too. down to eat. She was, like, I just the, wanted to eat lunch. And the guy came down with the baby after two minutes. Like, what he, like, the fuck, hand dude? Give her. this woman 10 minutes to fucking eat a bowl of food. What? Can you hear that? It's kind of loud. Yeah, what is that? That's the rain. Oh my gosh. It's it nature. just started. This is a nature podcast now. Um, I don't know. Is that going to affect it really bad? I don't have anywhere else to go that isn't surrounded by windows. Oh my god. What? Okay. Three, two, one. Did you hear that, that thunder? Was that <laughs> thunder? thunder? 
Oh my god. Um, it's freaking typhoon season over yeah, there. Yeah, monsoon season for sure. It's a bad storm. What's the difference between a typhoon and a monsoon? I, I think it's the amount of rainfall, I want to say, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Typhoon is water. Isn't it water? Like ocean-based. Uh, typhoons are, yes, they are cyclones, uh, depending on where they occur, and they typically happen in the water. Mm-hmm. Um but monsoons are, yeah, rainfall. Crazy. The more you know. Yeah, it's been really, it's been a very uh, wet monsoon season here, which is good, but um, my windows. I found that information from the uh, <laughs> Canadian official governmental website. Wow. So I guess it happens there, too. <laughs> um, Who knew? <laughs> do we have to stop? Is this going to be, like... It's pretty it's loud. It's very loud. And I don't have anywhere, like, I guess I could try. Else to I could go. try my closet. Let's try the closet, guys. Okay. I'll hang here. Okay. Hello. Here we go. Is it me you're looking for? Who's that girl? You guys want to come? Who's that freaky girl? Kyle? Bartleby, you want to come in the closet? Oh, how are they getting along? Terribly. I, well, actually, oh, the then. last week or so, they've been a little better. Okay, I'm in the closet now. Here we are. Yeah, it's like constant drama with Frankie and the cats, frankly. <laughs> frankly, get it? Frankly, is, she's the troublemaker. She's, she is the troublemaker. She's constantly eating their food. Oh, yeah, that's a big problem. And she's constantly bothering them and like chasing them when they don't want to play and then when they oh hi Bartles and then when they don't want to play with her she cries and cries right sweet girl um, yes ma'am I'm a terrorist yeah Bartleby you loves sure he has his food log his expensive food log and yet wants to eat the cat food I don't yeah dry cat food I don't know it's like crack or they something love it. she loves it um okay so where were we in the plot? Literally nowhere. I I'm unsure. Oh. <laughs> Kyle's gonna here she comes. She's gonna make an appearance. Kyle. <laughs> and right behind her is <laughs> It's oh a chaotic recording. I'm so sorry. Okay, so um, it's a chaotic movie. Yeah. So at post breakfast, um, Renee is working on a song on the piano, but here's Callie. How did you remember where we were so fast? I'm, I'm like hyper-focused right now because... We have made it 0% of the way through this movie. Can, all right, I will stop interrupting. Um, Callie's crying over the baby monitor. And uh, Cal- when Callie goes back down, Renee hears something like creaking in the attic. There's a lot of creaking noises in this movie. It's Well, I think the demon's limbs creak. I think that's what we're trying to get at. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Um, yeah. It's really dusty in here. I should probably... <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to have some sneeze attacks? Maybe. I'm just thinking about how I should sweep in here, because I normally don't. Bad. Um, yeah, I actually think my closet's probably the grossest place in my house. Yeah, there's like... Because Frankie has made like a little nest <laughs> in there, and yesterday... She was chewing on something. This is like, I'm outing myself as being just like a piece of shit. <laughs> but, but she was chewing on something and it was a yogurt cup. Oh. And I have not bought that yogurt for at least a month. Oh my God. So she's just had like a yogurt cup in the closet, like chewing on just it. Just for months and months, just loving it. 
Yeah, I was like, I don't know where you got that, but I don't really care enough to make a change here. (laughs) Whatever. It's yogurt. It's not that bad. Please proceed. Um, So... So she goes up into the attic and there's like a, like a step, like old wooden ladder that you have to get on to turn the light on. Doesn't seem like a good system. She gets on it, breaks one of the steps and almost falls. I'm like, what are you doing? Get down. Why do you need the light? Don't go up there. Number one. Don't go up there. And, uh, so Josh is finally home after work and Renee has unpacked a lot. Dalton is playing on the stairs near the attic door and it suddenly opens. Dalton is adorbsable. They're have to all say. He's cute. I feel kid. really bad for Foster because he's like the forgotten middle child. Poor thing. Yeah, he really like he won his little award and no one noticed. Do you see her? <laughs> um, so he's being like terrorized by his sleepwalking older brother he's like he's such a good kid but um so dalton goes up into the attic tries to turn on the light gets on the stair falls off um and then hears the creaking noises and screams um josh and renee run up to get him he has some minor bumps and bruises before bed renee apologizes for being snippy earlier to josh don't apologize. Don't. Yeah, Please I was don't. like, what? He, like, won't pick up your children. For real. Yeah. <laughs> um, and says that she's... Try- she tried to get work done that day, but Callie wouldn't go down and was fussy. She thanks him for letting her take time to work on her piano music. Whatever. Ridiculous. Don't Yeah, again, don't thank him for things that you should just be allowed to do. They have, like, goofy, cute times. Patrick Wilson starts singing... Whatever. This is how we know it's all oh. going to go down right now. Yeah, they're sitting on the couch and they like don't know where their child is. <laughs> so, that's fine. No, well they were this is when they're in bed. This is like post. I thought that it was when you were they were sitting on the couch and he's bouncing the baby. Oh, yeah, he's singing a song about how handsome yeah. he is. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Ignore me. <laughs> uh, the next morning I'm not even here. <laughs> uh, Josh can't wake Dalton up at the hospital. Doctors tell the parents that he's in a coma, coma-like state, but there's no brain damage and his scans are normal. They don't know what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They are able to take him home and they get him like a caregiver and a feeding tube. Renee is going through it. She's having a very hard time. I feel bad about that. Yeah. Um, like she's... It's just like if there's emotional labor or housework, she's doing yeah. it. You know? <laughs> um, she is there. And she's, yeah, one of her children is in a coma. Yeah, it's hard. She's having a hard it's time. It's a bad situation. Um, Renee tries to work on her music, but hears a scary male voice whispering on the baby monitor. Um, she doesn't. Um, baby monitor also doing a lot of heavy Doing a lot of movie. scary tactics here. The main character, the baby monitor. So. <laughs> We're having troubles in the closet. <laughs> They're just like both They're in just here, everywhere. <laughs> They're both in here. He's not happy. She's in here. Uh, yeah, she's so cute. She's very cute, but he's just like trying to muscle. I think it's been a while since we had like a truly chaotic episode. Um, so this is monsoon season, monsoon edition. The monsoon edition. Um. <laughs> so. The scary male voice on the baby monitor is like whisp- 
whispering, I want it, I want it, I want it. And then she doesn't immediately go upstairs and gets the baby and waits until it screams. She just kind of stands around. Like, what are you doing? I, I was like, mademoiselle. Yeah. Uh, and so finally when Callie starts crying, she goes in there. Um, there's no one there, though. And then at bedtime, Renee finds out that Foster got an award at school but didn't tell anyone. She gives him praise and he tells her that she he's afraid of Dalton because he walks around at night. Uh-oh. Fair. Uh, Renee tells Josh of the baby monitor incident, and he, of course, doesn't believe her. Then there's a loud knock on the door. He goes down to look, but no one's there. He latches the lock, which wasn't locked before. Who knows why? And sets the alarm. Callie starts crying, and Renee sees a man standing behind her crib. Um, then the alarm goes off again. She takes all the kids to Dalton ro- Dalton's room, and Josh goes back to the door and then walks around the house holding a fireplace poker. Uh, and then the alarm goes off again. This is a very long and protracted scene that is just really loud and not scary, and I didn't that like frankly. Yeah, that noise. Yeah, Yeah, it's so grating. Uh, Josh stays unnecessarily late at work the whole week to avoid the shit at home because he can because he's a man and a misogynist. Piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dalton has still not responded to any tests. Renee discovers a red, bloody handprint on his sheet. When Josh finally gets home from work, uh, she shows it to him. She says she wants to move because the house is haunted. She tells him she needs him and he isn't here for her physically or emotionally, which is fair. It only took her yeah, like, a month. Can you can you join me here like in our life? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the night he sleeps on the couch, that night he sleeps on the couch and has weird flashbacks, like the same kid sleeping in the bed from the opening scene. Renee wakes up suddenly and sees a man, the same man that she saw behind the crib, pacing the deck outside her window. Then he's in the room and goes to attack her. He's credited as the long-haired demon, I think, right? Long-haired man? I don't know. Yes. Long-haired fiend is what it is. Oh, my God. Fiend. Um, What the fuck? Yeah. Josh comes up to help, but again, no one's in the room. She begs him to believe her, and he says he does. She wants to leave, and he agrees. They move again, and Josh's mom, Lorraine, played by Barbara Hershey, or Lena Olin. Not <laughs> Lena Olin. Uh, I did, yeah, I didn't know who that was, and then you said... Um, and then you immediately yeah. were like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> she is Lorraine is the best character in this movie, I think. Lorraine and Elise should have their own side quests. I really like I Lorraine, I like her a lot. Too. She yeah. is fully supportive. I know. Fully on board immediately. I wish she had come forward with the information about Josh much, much, much earlier, but... I think it could have been helpful. Having um, raised a dirtbag like Josh, I think I know why (laughs) she didn't, but... (laughs) Who are we to judge, I guess? Yeah, like, single mom of just, like, a garbage person. Uh, What can you do, you know? (laughs) Uh, While while putting, like, they're newly... They gotta unpack again in this new house. Um... Renee sees like a scary ghost boy at first he's when that okay when I first saw this movie and he's like facing the wall next to the coats that is like truly unsettling that's That's really scary yeah it's a good scare I agree um but then he just gets cut and then he's like (laughs) (laughs) um so then this little ghost boy puts on tiptoe through the tulips by tiny tim uh the like high falsetto creepy unsettling it is song a Famously creepy song. Yeah, uh, I know Tiny Tim because of SpongeBob SquarePants. Ever heard of him? I don't know. 
And I bother you, never oh, yeah. bother me. I'm so happy and oh. fine. Great. So loving in the, loving in the moonlight. Having a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah, classic. Classic. Um, Renee sees him dancing and hears him running through the house giggling. In Dalton's room, the boy pops out of the wardrobe laughing, having a great time, runs out of the room. She is terrified to the bone, scared. Fair. Yeah, it's like a hor it's a horrible situation. Yeah. Um she has called a priest over. She explains to Josh and Lorraine that spirits have followed them to the new house. Josh laughs in her face about her struggles and dismisses her. Lorraine reveals that she has experienced this before. She had a dream that night that she was in their house while they all slept and saw a horrible figure in Dalton's room with him. Um and behind Josh is the lipstick face demon, as he is credited. Why? <laughs> Literally, why? The like, aforementioned red Darth Maul lookalike. They, like, they even call him, like, fire, like, fire, with the it. man with fire in his face. Like, lipstick, it just reminds me of a dog's erection. I'm so Ew, sorry to say. Oh, no. I don't like that. I don't know. That's, like, that's like your... That's what you're bringing to the I table. Guess, Lipstick yeah, reference. Yeah, something's going on with me. <laughs> what can you do? It's not my fault. Oh, that makes it worse. At first, I just thought it was like weird, like a weird, like sort of misogynistic maybe twinge I, to it. But maybe I just see too many dog erections. Ew, maybe that's on why me. Why are you seeing so many dog erections? Frankie has a lot of boyfriends. Cute. It is. Cute until the erection Ooh, comes out. but no. Uh, <laughs> Lorraine screams and they hear a banging in Dalton's room, but they can't get in. Once they burst it, burst through, um, the room is in shambles and Dalton's body is on the floor. Lorraine says she knows someone who can help. Specs, played by Lee Wanell and Tucker, Angus Sampson, come to do some preliminary tests. Tucker is eating a Hot Pocket, which I don't get, except for that he's supposed to be, like, quirky. Oh, I thought it was a burrito. I thought it was kind of, like, fat phobia light. Yeah. Because he's not really fat, but he's, like, the bigger guy. Um, I don't get... Yeah, so I didn't. Pocket. I guess I didn't understand what the plan was either. I don't get like, it. I just don't feel like it was effective in doing anything except being, like, I guess he's quirky. Yeah, quirky and, like, and fat Taller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is 10 pounds heavier and... Five inches taller than Lee One L, so I don't know. Uh, they measure electromagnetic fields, UV light, and other like stupid ghost EVP readings. I literally zoned out for the entirety of the scene. I like, I was like, it's I don't not care. That interesting. Uh, Tucker discovers something in the hallway, like a sound in the hallway near the grandfather clock, and sees two creepy like sisters in white dresses. Um, after that, they call in Elise, played by Lynn Shay, hardest working woman in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> Literally. I love Lynn Shay. I really like. I do, too. She's great. She's a gem. <laughs> um, that's what I'm saying. Her and Lorraine should have had their own movie together. But I would watch I would that watch the shit out of for that. sure. Like, maybe they fall in love. I don't know. I would love it. So she says she knew Josh when he was young, um, but he doesn't remember that. Elise walks through the house, and in Dalton's room, she sees a scary figure. She whispers to Specs, and he draws it. A black, it's a black figure with a red face, um, like, above the wall, like, creepily hanging out there. It's a good drawing. I like the yeah, drawing. It's, um, very, like, I don't know. I don't, atmospheric? Atmospheric. <laughs> yeah. But I was, 
like, how did he know, like, the, her descriptions, because she's, like, whispering, but you can catch it. Like, she's not really describing it. She's, she's like, like, fingernails. red face, lot, like, black arms, black legs. Yeah. Hooves for feet. And I think that's pretty much all she says. And he, like, so. draws the perfect demon. I don't, yeah. He was like, I'm actually a genius. Like, artistic genius, for sure. Uh, she, uh, no. Elise tells them that she believes Dalton's spiritual body is not here and he is the reason that they are haunted. He can astral project and leave his physical body while he sleeps and has done so for a long time, but he just thinks he's sleeping, so he's not afraid. He has traveled too far and gotten lost in the further, a world beyond their own, but all around them, a dark realm filled with tortured souls of the dead. Um, he has left bummer such a sad I just just, like I know it's supposed to but like this whole idea of like tortured souls just having to hang out in this place no it's true but I mean there isn't anything we're all just gonna die and return to nothingness so take comfort I don't want to go to the further no thanks (laughs) Uh, he has of course and I would have like unfinished business like it would be like someone at IPG that I was rude to that had, was like, I'm going to torture your soul um, until you're dead. I am haunted by my anxiety, but I think like, I don't know, I'm when I'm dead, like I don't want to think about some awkward conversation I, wanna, I had. Can I just can be I just dead? Be dead? Yeah. Can I just be gone? Poof. Away. Give me a break. <laughs> um, so Dalton has left his vessel. Uh, for too long, and the entities have, have gathered around it to take his physical body. Uh, some just want to live again. Some have insidious. She said the the title of this movie. Did you know? Um, Get it. <laughs> some of them have insidious purposes, but the entity that's closest is the demon who wishes to cause harm, which is the the dog penis. He wants to demon. steal dogs' erections everywhere and make them unhappy. <laughs> The longer Dalton's astral body is away from his physical body, the easier it is to possess him. Josh is again a piece of shit and thinks it all thinks Garbage all of this is, yeah. is lies. He didn't actually want to help, but he just wanted to placate Renee's whining, which is why he allowed this to go on. He saw their quote dog and pony show, but shames them all for trying to help them and calls yeah, them exploiters. And then he- He, like, shames her, and he's like, I moved for you. Like, we're on the same team. His little rant, like, like, if I were Elise... You're on your own team, bro. I would be like, fuck you. I can't wait for the bride in black to take your body. You're a fucking piece of shit. Like, he treats them so badly and then kicks them out of his house. And what I don't understand about Renee and Josh's dynamic is, like, he has to be the... She wants these things done, and maybe it's, like, a... I don't know what people think that marriage dynamics are like or what like this weird like conservative idea of a relationship with marriage is like but like right. a woman has an idea but has to go to the man for approval before anything can happen she wants to move has yeah, to like, talk to Josh about Josh about it before she moves you can be you can do like if you want to hire them you can yeah why does you know? he have to have any Although, fucking I say mean, in it well there's obviously like an economic imbalance in the relationship right, of where I mean, we'll get into this later, but, like, he is a school teacher and she's an unemployed musician. Like, I have a lot of questions about, like, how they're they're funding their lifestyle. Affording this house. And... But I think there is an implication that he controls, like, their finances and there is, like, this very traditional 
setup where he is the breadwinner and she does like every other piece of emotional physical and you know which is such crap. like all the other labor i just yeah. like i don't know f- financial manipulation is and it's very real, very real yeah. and like a problem i don't know like doing all the housework and taking care of the kids is like equal or is also a a job it's a bigger it's a bigger job than going to i'd rather go to work than ever take care of children quite but no offense like to people that have children if that's like you know that's what you choose and that makes sense for you but like it's a lot of work like for sure um I also, it's just, yeah, it's not fair that she, if she doesn't have access to the finances, that she can't make decisions for the household as well. Exactly. Especially when she's yeah. the only one who's actively present um, in any of their, like, children's lives or in the Literally, operation yeah. of the house. Um, but I don't think that Josh talks to Foster in this movie. <laughs> like, tell me when he said, like, a word to Foster. Yeah, right. I think at know? breakfast, he's like, oh, that's cup he's is like, small. Uh, yeah. Um, it's like this fruit is wax. Why didn't my whore wife buy actual? <laughs> Can't fruit? we have regular fruit? I've never seen this. It's probably been in my house for fifteen years, and I've never noticed that it's made of wax. Like fucking piece of shit. Yeah, like she just wanted to have a nice like touch in the kitchen. She's like, you know what? I want to feel like good, and moving houses is hard. Obviously, they like heavily imply that she went through something terrible and, like, things will be better in this house. She's like, I'm going to unpack my wax fruit. It makes me feel at home. I, like, you know, I really like it. It's, like, a very nice touch. And he's like, fuck your wax fruit. Why can't I eat it, bitch? Yeah, I don't, yeah. Also, he's a chump if he bites into... Can't you feel it when you pick it up? I don't know. Yeah, like, what, you don't know what wax feels like? Um, so... Josh is like, no, get the fuck out. I'm I'm a terrible person. Didn't you already know that? I am trash. Then yeah. Josh goes to Dalton's room and tries to talk to him and is crying, asking for Dalton to, like, let him know that he's there. And then one of his drawings falls off the wall, and it's the picture of the demon. This pissed me off beyond, like... At another level. Yeah. So he. Th- so then, after he sees the, the drawings of the demon and a red door and Dalton flying away from his dreaming self, then Josh believes because he would rather believe his child drawing than his fucking wife. Like he can't. He doesn't fucking. Like she trust- literally told you that exactly. What? what? It's too much. I'm so. I'm just. And it's supposed to be like this, like moment. Uh, I'm like, this is bullshit. He could have just believed her. What? Uh, yeah, how hard would it have been? Literally. So Elise and the boys come back uh, to set up. They have camera rigs to go off at temperature changes, and they want to communicate with Dalton. They sit around a table. Just a lantern is on. This movie is also so... I hate the blue light filter. I hate it. Like, the whole, everything I hate looks, it like, too. washed out, and everyone looks yeah. nauseous. I don't, yeah, I don't like it. And I watched it on my laptop during work hours, and I was just like, "Fancy, fancy, <laughs> yeah." Um, so Elise is wearing like a altered gas mask so that she can talk into the hose, and Specs can hear her whispering. Um, I think if they did that just to make it like scary. I was, it like, really does give me a chuckle that oversized gas mask. I have to say, she looks really cute. She does look very cute. <laughs> Again, Lynn Shay, we don't deserve her. 
I know. She's such a good actor. Um, so she is, like, whispering to Josh, uh, or to Specs what Dalton says, um, and then Specs is telling the others and also writing it down. So she calls out to him, um, and then he responds saying that if they hear me, they'll hurt me. The man with the face on with his face on fire will hurt him. Um, he she asked Dalton to follow her voice repeatedly, and he says that they heard her. He asks for help over and over again, and then goes silent. Then Elise starts communicating with someone else. Um, starts like saying the person or this entity is saying dark things like about innards and mm-hmm. I don't whatever it's threatening oh i didn't catch it i'm sorry so sorry everyone Uh, (laughs) she shakes and screams and then goes still uh dalton's like heart monitor goes flat and then suddenly he's out of bed and behind them he's throwing everyone around the room and objects and people he slaps specs like um it's like an homage to the exorcist um the long hair like fiend man um, is back. He grabs Renee and licks her face. Um, and then when Josh sort of tries to intervene, he is choked out. Elise grabs Dalton and calls for the demon to leave the vessel. Dalton's body collapses, but is still alive. Uh, like imagine you, you know, who you are. And if you're like a spirit in the afterlife, like what is the compulsion to lick a face? I guess. Where does that get you? Why are you licking faces? What is Why are you trying to steal Why? babies and lick faces? What's your, yeah. What are you going to do with that baby? Hey, fiend. What's your Yo. motivation? Tell me. Why was he so interested in Callie? I feel like there is this sort of dynamic where male spirits prey on, like, the women in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then female spirits prey on the men in the movie. It's, like, just really weird gender binary that I don't understand what the point of it is. But fine. Go off. This long hair fiend is, I, like, yeah, I just really don't like it at all. Not a fiend fan. Not a fiend Uh, fan. Not a, and the way that it's, like, terrorizing Callie and Renee, I just, yeah, it's, I don't, and I also. What do you, what do you want with that baby? You don't need to do that to that baby. What I don't understand. She's a baby. She's a baby. What I don't understand also is like, okay, so they're all trying to get at Dalton's body, his vessel, so that they can be in the world of the living. But this, then this long hair fiend shows up and is physically able to lick her face and choke Josh. So like, what are we doing? Like, what's, d- does yeah, he like, need a vessel? I don't. In the further, I guess like is the further currently overlapping with the real like, world like i get I, like is the if the fabric like, is wearing through? thin between the worlds yeah. right then we don't need for josh to go in there everyone should be able to try to find dalton like it just doesn't that it does not does not commute compute plot hole as they say on tiktok the math isn't math ain't mathin'. i don't know so in the aftermath of this like fucking ship situation yeah uh lorraine reveals that josh was an astral projector when he was a kid and that around eight years old he was having fits and night terrors and an old woman was coming to visit him at night lorraine didn't believe at first but every photo ever taken of josh as a kid there's an old ghost woman near him (laughs) and these yeah they're fucking goofy it's a little crazy. It's a little on the extra side. Yeah, I would say. Lorraine has this old box of like photos of Josh and in every and she shows them to everybody and in every photo this old bride, this bride in black is getting closer and closer and closer to Josh. And in the last photo she shows his her the hand is like reaching out to Josh. Um she Lorraine 
uh, called Lease Then, uh, and they suppressed Josh's ability to project. Uh, and that was the only way they could think to get the bride in black to leave him alone. Elise believes the woman befriended him in the further. Which, like, I'm like, Elise, I think you need to, or like, you even good at your job. No offense. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe do more. Maybe also send him to therapy. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, therapy can't hurt. <laughs> I'm just right? going to say. He needs it. It can't be a bad situation. Um, Elise believes that this bride in black befriended him in the further and tried to draw Josh out so that she could possess his body. Um, Fine. Whatever. Sure. They want Josh yeah. to astral project now to go find Dalton and bring help bring him back. Elise warns him to keep a low profile and the others will or the others will try to come for his body. Uh, she puts him to sleep, and he's able to astral project. He wanders around with a lantern for a while, um, then sees himself as a little boy. Little Josh shows him back to the first house they were in in the movie. Um, he goes in and immediately starts yelling. He's like, Dalton! Dalton! I'm like, they shut like, up, Lay bro. low. Shut the yeah. fuck up. And then he sees the spirit go up the stairs, and he's like, hey, can you help me? Can you help me? <laughs> He gets like right in the the shit of this like other family too that are they're like you know they're doing their own thing they're like reliving their traumatic deaths and he's like hello (laughs) (laughs) so then he follows the spirit up the stairs they're crying and he's like um excuse me I'm looking for my son have you seen him and the spirit just disappears (laughs) and then he follows like a whistling noise to the living room and there's like this family of 50s ghosts um it's like a mom and a dad and one daughter and then he walks away but then there's like a shotgun click and then there's another daughter with a shotgun and she kills them and she's like smiling and not blinking very creepily it's a whole thing thing. and he's just like hey um, do you guys know dalton like it's just so (laughs) like ridiculous It was really funny, I have to say. Uh, Then he finally sees the red door from Dalton's drawings, and he goes in, um, but then he, before he, or he wants to go in, but before that he gets in a fight with the long-haired fiend, um, and then with Elise's encouragement, he's able to, like, get, push him off. I was like, I just feel like the long-haired fiend is getting, like, a little too much Too much, he was like, (laughs) he was like, it's annoying that he keeps coming for the baby and Renee, but he's not, like, that scary. Like, I don't... He's just kind of, like... I'm like, you just look weird. Yeah, he's like, got, like, a, a black yeah. trench coat and, like, so- shoulder-length hair. I don't know. And a tongue. I don't... Yeah, that's about it. Um, so, through the door, there's, like, candlelit hallways. There's a lot of ambiance. Everything is red. Um, there's a horse mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Josh also remember- remembers from Dalton's drawings. He finally finds Dalton... Like, there's a lot of smoke and Wait, mist I, on the ground. I fully missed the horse, if there was a horse. Yeah, he, like, sees uh, a horse. It's just a horse, and there was a drawing of the horse. Sorry the about room. it. It's not, <laughs> it's nothing, basically. Um, okay. Dalton is chained to the floor, and the lipstick demon is nearby, planting tiptoes through the tulips. He's surrounded by puppets. I'm like, He's got what, a hobby. Like, what universe is this demon from? Like, he, his cultural touch points are, like, 
very rooted in just like the west you know western american american culture like they has the little like marionettes he has it's like everything like, is the, the 1950s masquerade masks yeah i'm like i'm not really sure like aren't you kind of like an ancient demonic being what why do you like marionettes so much yeah and the and yeah it's like almost circusy feeling i don't know it's confusing um he's he, but he oh has a God. hobby. It's 845. <laughs> oh, we're getting there. Um, oh, Lord. He's sharpening his Freddy Krueger hands. And uh, then he and Josh get in a fight. But it's not that intense of a fight. And they get away, like, pretty easily. Uh, he grabs Dalton and they run They yeah, like, run they away. Like, well, first of all, when Dalton's, like, he's looking, Josh is like, okay, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to walk <laughs> away from you. He walks, like, ten paces away from Dalton, stares up at the demon. I'm like, you could be using this time to just un- run. Just unchain the, the child and get out of there. Yeah. Um, and, like, I mean, we'll get to this, but later when they get back, they're getting really close to, like, get their bodies. And he's like, you go ahead, Dalton. No. And Dalton gets, like, attacked by a demon while his dad is just, like, having a tete-a-tete with the old woman. It's just like you're a terrible father he's not good at this like if renee was in here we would be slip slap out of the out of the picture in minutes like yeah she's, she's not waiting for him to get his shit he's together a fucking idiot and also before he goes into the into the further before he astral projects renee's like you are always stronger than me and like renee i know that he's not he's not stronger than you stop underselling yourself renee seriously you do everything for the like this family would not hold together at all if it weren't for you. You're, like, keeping your children fed, including one that has to be fed via feeding tube. You're maybe even still breastfeeding Callie. I don't she's, know. She's, like, not that old. She's, she's a really small five baby. I mean, you don't... Maybe. Not a ton of Callie content either. I don't... Yeah. yeah at the end, and, I don't know where the fuck Callie is. Who's taking care of this baby? Because Lorraine was supposed to be watching them, but she's like, hey, I'm here. Hello. I'm like, so who's the kids? I have all the children, <laughs> but I want in on the demon action. So um, the house starts shaking back back in the regular world. The house is shaking. Um, and then, oh, yeah, Josh and Dalton are looking for a way back to themselves, but are surrounded by spirits. Josh's body is shaking and all the lights go out. Renee tries calling out to him so that he can follow her voice. Everything goes quiet. Specs and Lorraine go to check on Dalton, um, but there are more spirits coming into the world and crossing over. Somehow they're allowed ha- able to do that. I don't understand. Again, what if the tether know, is, is like lost? Then they the exact moment where I checked out. Like they don't need to. They didn't need to go into the further if the if it's becoming thin between the worlds. Like they could. He just could have come mm-hmm. back. I don't understand. Yeah. Right. So uh, they're popping out of the closets. And they're all surrounding uh, Josh's body. Astral Josh and Dalton are finally back in the house. Took them forever. Dalton runs away. Again, Josh was just like, you go figure it out for yourself. I'm My back hurts from carrying you. I gotta go, yeah. Um, he is attacked by the demon, but is able to escape. Josh yells, it, like, instead of just immediately going back to his body, he, like, has to get into a fight with the bride in black. He tells her to go away, leave him alone, etc. And then Josh and Dalton both wake up. Specs and Tucker load the van and talk about 
their best-selling book they're going to write. Dalton eats spaghetti happily with Lorraine and Renee. Josh and Elise look through the old p- pictures. How they heat up the spaghetti. The power's out. Right. How? Why isn't the power back I on? Everybody's back to their bodies, right? Answers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Josh and Elise are looking through the pictures of him when he was a kid, but she senses something is off. While Josh isn't looking, she takes his picture. He gets pissed off, slaps the camera out of her hand. Sorry, I heard Frankie being badly behaved. Um, And then Josh chokes Elise to death. Renee goes to the living room to find Elise. Also, they're they're like, oh, what's that noise? Someone is getting choked to death like a couple of rooms away from you. Like, get up faster. Um, Elise is dead and Josh is nowhere to be found. Renee finds the camera, gasps at the photo, and then we flash back to literally three minutes ago. Uh, Elise, Elise saw Josh's, like, old lady hands and then took the photo, but it was the bride in black. Um, and then... I think, honestly, Elise could have played it cooler, so, like, she didn't get murdered, but I'm not, you know, I'm not victim blaming I also, I just, I mean, and then... Renee calls out to Josh and Josh puts his hand on her shoulder and she gasps and then it's over. We're back to violins. I just don't, um, I don't think they needed to kill Elise. I really- yeah. And they're like, that's evidenced by the fact that they keep bringing her back and putting her in the movie. Right. Even though she's <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I don't know. Was that necessary? I guess for, cause that's how we knew that Josh was the bride in black, but there were other ways to handle that. I don't know that that was necessary i feel like you know as soon as elise was like nervous it was very clear what was going on you're like oh i get it yeah she didn't need to be like but yeah sure let's spell it out i guess fine um are you distracted no i was just making well i was just making sure that my audio was fine um hopefully it is we got to get Fine. through this. We're, we're uh, we've talked about a, a lot already. <laughs> um, yeah, but like the misogyny in this movie runs deep. It's like with every single female character. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, are you okay? Yeah, but I'm back. Okay, sorry. I didn't hear what you said. Go ahead. I said the misogyny uh, runs extremely deep. Every female character that we see on screen is gaslit portrayed in like Mm -hmm. a pretty traditionally misogynistic light renee i mean this character is a mess so she's like been through some kind of trauma we don't know what it is but you know she's taking some time off to work on her music and sort of like on she's on a healing journey of some kind Almost immediately, she's re-traumatized because her child goes into a coma and she's experiencing things and her husband doesn't believe her and he's also not supportive and helpful in taking care of their child. Her song is, like, basically about how she's too depressed to, like, be a complete version of herself. And she is also, like, the primary person terrorized by the spirits, especially the male spirits who, like, the little boy... And the slick back hair man, obviously with the fiend, it's like sexual and like interest because he licks her fucking face. Yeah. And then the little boy, it's like maternal playtime. It's just so one note. And uh, yeah, like even her styling, she's dressed like a this beleaguered housewife and like oversized floral peasant tops and big yeah. like pants that don't fit her. And she's like literally doing chores in every fucking scene like 
I it's also like they try to give her like oh she's an artist and a musician but they don't give her any space to like do that and she's like clearly too depressed to actually get anything done and then immediately but what happened to her Jesus right Christ. what happened to her um we don't get any backstory on that and then like immediately when she and Josh finally come to an agreement of like oh we move into this new house and I'll be able to work on my music she is unable to because then there's demons licking her face and trying to steal her baby and, and her get husband her doesn't body. believe her and the only yeah it's like bullshit that like he doesn't believe any of the women in this movie yeah, he doesn't believe exactly. Elise his mom his, his wife mom. not until his son in a coma he looks at his drawings and then he's like oh yeah also again I'm not going to blame Renee on this one. She's got a lot on her plate, but no one noticed when they were putting up those drawings in the new house that something perhaps was amiss. Perhaps when Dalton was making the drawings, they're like, this seems like a red flag. Maybe we should explore what's going on here. Yeah. It seems like the whole situation was preventable. Yeah. yeah, Like Dalton was in a coma. So clearly, probably Renee put those pictures up on the wall. And it's not like anyone was like, huh. Kind of weird. And then, yeah, so Lorraine, too, when her shitty son can't support his own wife, she's like, guess I'll swoop in and, like, validate your experiences, tell you I believe you, support you, take care of your children, um, and just, like, be there in sort of, like, a partnership role because your garbage son can't. Like, what did – yeah, like you said in our text, like – did a tall, thin brunette just, like, decimate James Wan's life? <laughs> Why what happened that women? he hates them so much? And it's like, yeah, it's bullshit that Elise is the only one to die, even though she's, like, the catalyst for change and for, like, like, Literally, she's, like, openness. the only woman that gets any respect as an individual in the movie, and they're like, you gotta go. Sorry. Yeah, we can't have autonomy here. <laughs> you're, like, bossing men around. We can't have that for extended periods of time. Uh, I And she's, like... I don't, yeah, she's an interesting, cool character that they obviously, like, knew that audience was responded to because then they put her in all the movies even though she's dead. Uh, and, like, I don't know, she has to also has to do all of this labor for Josh, who is, like, completely abusive and dismissive of her and her gifts and her abilities. And, like, she isn't... Like, an older woman who has, like, made a career and a life doing this and helping people, and you think that you know more than her? Bullshit. Like, and you don't believe her because you're a man and you you can't believe any woman is capable of helping you? Yeah. Uh, you know at best. You know everything. I don't know. I, don't know, I hate him. Yeah. Also, like, the this is not really relevant to anything but um specs and tucker and their little like white cater waiter outfits gave me the same energy as like predatory bartenders and suspenders at like (laughs) 1920s like prohibition era type bars you know what i mean just like just give me the ick it's weird yeah that like they wear that uniform i do like that they're both like constantly trying to impress elise and like be the best one yeah for her i do like that bitches yeah um and that they like respect her and like know that she's powerful and has a gift and like needs you know support but they are not trying to like say that what they do is more important than what she does 
But so. they are also in their own personal, like, dick measuring contest. Oh, yeah. Which is... Like, oh, just my like, pictures are more important. My photographs yeah, are more like important. Yeah, like when they're like, shine the light on Josh, and Specs holds his up, and then Tucker holds his up, which is bigger. Also, in that last scene in the movie, they're like barely capable of following directions at all. She says, shine the light on Josh, and like they're 15 like, up times. in the air. And, and yeah. I think she had to tell them to go check on Dalton also like several times. Go check on Dalton. Like, yeah. she did she stutter? Specs or Tucker, I can't remember which one. And yeah, I don't like they're maybe not the most capable or good at their jobs, but like because she has this like I don't know, Specs is multi-talented. Um, I guess. His drawings are fine. I don't know. I don't know how he he got that. It's kind of funny that like he gets the intellectual work and then Tucker, the fat garbage can eating a hot pocket, does like the more physical things. The yeah, setting up the equipment and taking the photographs, but um, but they yeah, they also can't follow direction and are like so absorbed in their own at like aspects of this like ghost hunting, demon hunting that they like can't see what's happening. But um, pretty insidious wild. too. He's also eating a hot packet in the very last scene of the movie. It's it kind of made me want a hot pocket. I won't lie. I haven't to had you. a hot pocket in a long time, but it did sound kind of easily good. two decades. Yeah, maybe more. Uh, the yeah, and then we'll do Insidious too, and I don't want to talk about it too much. But like, I oh yeah, to I, I made the a funny joke. Black. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. At the end of the movie, I said, "Like and follow for part two. <laughs> like, like TikTok. Um, so who does? I think like what we can take away ultimately is that this writing directing duo has just a massive lack of respect for women's autonomy and value as like members of our society. Um, And Elise only is like able to kind of subvert that gender role because she's exceptional and has this exceptional gift. But Mm -hmm. then she's killed. And then in insidious chapter two, Carl kind of like, takes her place like but she still has guy. to come find them she's also leave the happiness the of her own afterlife and go help men because they're too incompetent to get to their own bodies and they're just like you can talk about how great elise is but at a certain point you're gonna have to figure it out yeah but that's not where we're here we're not on part two yet not you have yet. to like and follow first <laughs> <laughs> i just yeah i don't know i and it's not like Josh is a terrible person and he does terrible things and gaslights and is a misogynist, but the movie doesn't treat him that way. And the movie props him up as this like man like going hero, through a, yeah. a journey and he's got an arc to coming to believe them. And in the end, I know. Every, and like, like, are we stupid. supposed to sympathize with him? No, that he's struggling and staying at work late. Cause it makes the movie kind of like makes you feel like you get the shot of him just like head and hands, you know, in his office or his classroom, just like, this is really hard for me. Meanwhile, Renee's like, hello, there's a bloody handprint on our child's sheet. Can and someone, I've been trying to call you for hours. Can you like, tap in here? <laughs> yeah. You're not allowed to just like not deal with the problems that I have to deal with constantly all day long because you don't want to. Because I don't want to deal with them either. But you're also, you fucking made you these know kids he too. You was the one too that was like, we should try for a third baby, honey. Oh like, God. I just really want a third don't you want to try for a girl? That was him. 
yeah, that baby, like, also Callie is, like, constantly screaming in the first half of this movie, and the next she's just ha- la- latter half, she's nowhere to be found. No one can find Callie. Uh, Hello is, are you there, madam? So, um, so, there's also no brown or black people in this movie. So. Yes, and another kind of, like, arm of that intersection of systemic oppression is where, again, where is the money coming from and like who uh, who are these people relatable to like they she stays home and works on her music while her husband teaches at a school they buy a like stunningly beautiful Mm -hmm. craftsman and then they're like you know what this isn't working let's buy another home three weeks later they have like the uh financial capacity to undertake two like massive you know moves and, and the think, child at home who needs full care and a hospital yeah. bed and a heart monitor and yeah. And feeding tube. Yeah. And I don't know, like you said, I think this is, this could have been an interesting opportunity to explore like how much more narrow the margin of error is for people that like are more vulnerable and underserved in our society. But instead mm-hmm. we're just like watching wealthy white people go through something traumatic when like it's yeah i think we've said this before on the cast but like poor people never get haunted poor people don't get haunted because they don't have the fucking time or the resources oh my god so i've been watching this like tiktok this guy his account is like called um dude my house is haunted and i am fully i can't watch them i'm like really they're fully scary and i can't watch them like a knife i don't know everybody go look at this tiktok if you can stand it because a straight up knife through flew through the kitchen recorded by a ring camera it's like this older man in his 50s maybe 60s who's like being haunted and all of his videos are very like boomer on tiktok where it's like his face is too close like he can't like he doesn't know how to do like He's, like, recording it on his laptop, like, from his phone, you know? So it feels so real. And I'm like, maybe I'm being duped. Maybe I'm being tricked. But I am fully convinced that this man's house is haunted. I actually really believe it, too. Honestly, I'm very susceptible because every person that comes on TikTok and is like, can you believe this? I'm like, yes. Yes. I I believe (laughs) No matter what you say. Um, But... He, again, like, couldn't leave his house. He'd lived there for, like, 10 years and was like, I have to live with my son now. So, like, that's, an, that's like, that's what would happen. Like, if this happened to me right now, could I just leave my fucking house? Where would I go? Yeah. No? And I guess, like, you sort of could argue that they explore this a little bit in The Conjuring because they, like, sink a bunch of money into that old farmhouse in Rhode yeah. Island or whatever. But they're still white people. Like, they're still white people that will land on their feet because the system was designed for them yeah. what happens when this happens to somebody who can't afford the margin of error of like fucking buying a house that's like fucked up and unlivable but you Even, can't get out of it i just watched the new candy man which i did i really liked it it was really good but again they're like exploring the same area of like chicago and gentrification but we are following like a wealthy black couple they are black but they are wealthy and they're living in the high rises of chicago and the gentrified areas of cabrini yeah. green like they're there is one like person who runs a laundromat who's like more featured in the movie but whatever when we do Candyman, the remake we'll talk about it but it's like it's also like can't we can't talk about underserved communities like in at, like in relation to wealth even then even when we're talking about brown and black people like right 
I don't know. It's like no, it's not. Poor people all <laughs> suffer more trauma and have like less ability to like function and have probably like if we explored that in the realm of horror, it would be scarier because they are so trapped by their circumstances. Um, but no. And so. again, like Jordan Peele can't do all of this. Like I know there has to be it's more. Not just <laughs> up to Nina DaCosta to like there do has... all of the work ever. There but... need to be more like. Yeah, black and brown people in horror, like, there need to be new perspectives, because I just, like, I don't think I can watch another movie directed by a white man, but I think we're going to I mean, keep Lee doing Wanell, it. I mean, Lee Wanell is not a white guy, but... Lee Wanell's not white? Or no, not Lee Wanell. James Wan. James Wan is not, yeah, but... See, uh, they feel a little interchangeable to me, I'm yeah, very sorry. Yeah, they're like the James Wan um, it was born in Malaysia, so... Yeah, uh, but he. There are no. Why aren't there any people? There are no Malaysian, Malaysian descent <laughs> yeah. or Asian people right. in this movie, I can't and think or of in like any of his movies. Any of his movies that have people of color in them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and that's also like an interesting immigrant perspective of like only featuring white people and like only featuring that idea of like what America kind of is. Like, yeah, adapting and immersing yourself in western culture white supremacy so that you are not othered by like yeah a society designed to other you mm-hmm. it's an understandable perspective for sure but i also like this is unrelated to this movie specifically but james Wanell's like obsession with Wanell warren <laughs> did i say james Wanell? yeah i stand by it um <laughs> their whole thing with Ed and Lorraine Warren is so weird. Like, are they religious? It's just like I hate. Like, I, don't get I really. It. I tried to watch The Conjuring recently, and like, it's just not I, a good movie. I just don't like it. I don't like that. Like, they're Christian superheroes, and like, even though this movie has problems, I still like it. And I like, I yeah. I can't don't think I'll watch horror? The Conjuring again. To be honest, like, I feel like I just don't really like enjoy watching women having like prolonged pain and suffering on screen call me crazy you know <laughs> right how dare you uh yeah so i'm out of this opinions. is it yeah here. <laughs> i'm what tapped. should we what should we fuck um i think like definitely fuck josh lambert honestly they seem like boring people to hang out with i think renee could do better i think she should start a new life mm-hmm. without him take the kids Maybe yeah. even take Lorraine, honestly. Take Lorraine. Th- <laughs> uh, I'm going to write a fan fiction of, like, Lorraine and Elise where they run away together and they have, like, a Ghostbuster-esque, like, cry- like fighting duo and they fall in love. And, yeah. That sounds, Aww. like, fun, right? They are a much more balanced and healthy couple than um, Josh, and, Josh Renee. and Renee. Yeah. yeah. Um, fuck, yeah, misogyny. I do love Patrick Wilson. I'm so sorry. My I don't get apologies. it. Like I you said, he just looks like part it. of a man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm into it. Um, yeah, fuck white supremacy and classism. Um, and, like, medical trauma. Like, I, it's also, like, yeah, they are able to pay for their ch- child's hospital bills. Like, what if they weren't, and Josh needed, er, and Dalton needed full-time care, and they couldn't. They just they would go into horrible crippling debt. 
mm-hmm. would never leave them and they would die with it. Sure. Yeah. But this um, is that's America though. That's That's America. That's the system we have designed. And um fuck America. Yeah. I hate it here. <laughs> and stay ugly. Oh wait, no, we have to say where you can find us. Uh, you can find us at spooky succubus underscore cast on Instagram. Um, we have retooled our Patreon tiers, so they're much more accessible and affordable now. Mm-hmm. You can link um, over to the Patreon via the link tree in our bio. And um, we'll be starting a bonus book club edition of the cast where we'll read a genre or genre adjacent book each month and do an episode on it. You can read along with us. September's will be Pet by... Akwake Emezi. I'm really sorry. I should have looked up the pronunciation beforehand. I feel shame. Um, but she is a great indigenous, like, queer writer, and it's a really – I've heard great things about it. It's YA. It's short, so hopefully you can get it at your local library and join us. Mine's currently and, on hold, so – but I think yeah, it'll be done. Should be returned in a few days. All right. So, yes, again, spooky succubus underscore cast. We're working on the TikTok. I don't know. Just go to the Instagram. That's like what I'm able I'm capable of managing. Personally. We're going to we're going to get this TikTok together. Right? I just don't know. Making content is hard. I don't know what to say or do. I know. Or... Like, do we get a ring light? Like, Ugh. who has custody of the ring light? I don't know. <laughs> Probably you. You're prettier. You're hotter. No. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I hate filming myself. Doing that, like, two seconds for the last video we did, I was like, bleh. Somebody stabbed me in the eye. Thank you. Um, If you really sincerely asked me to, I would stab you in the eye. If that was really what you wanted. That's, yeah, when I'm fed up at work and I'm, like, ready to leave, that's always my, I'll take a pen and, like, pretend to stab myself in the eye. That's another fun thing about capitalism is wishing that you incurred an injury that's bad, but not bad enough to cause, like, long-term negative effects so that you can just get some time off. Yeah. And get workers' comp. That, yeah, that's what, that's the dream. Everything is fine. So, remember (laughs) that you cannot shit upwards. Right. And stay ugly. And get fucked. Thank you. We love you. Bye-bye.